practice cracking. I'm out here in the UK. I'm straight out of Compton Tour, man. Much love. And you know you rockin' with man. It's little easy easy and we about that online. So we finna get it cracking, man. Peace family, we joined this week with an extraordinary special guest, and this is a hip-hop legend and just a musical legend in his own right, and it's DJ Yella. So, um, what's good, sir? Oh, not too much. Just hanging in there. I'm good. Well, you definitely still hanging in there and still being um, a trailblazer for the culture, somebody who's had a career that spanned you know, over decades and still continuing to make major moves and strides. Recently released a new book, um, so we're going to get into some of that and stuff as well. But, um, you know, we definitely want to give you flowers for the stuff that you've done for hip-hop and um, continue to do. But for the benefit of our audience, can you give us a bit of an introduction on how you kind of got started with music? How did you know this was something that you was going to get into? Um, Well, I didn't know I would even get into it. You know, I didn't dream about it. Wasn't planned, you know, none of that kind of stuff. When I was a little kid, I didn't drink. Nah, I didn't do all that. It just, it just happened. And I started being the DJ in a club called Eve After Dark back in the uh, kind of early 80s. And then a couple of years later, Dre came along. I met this guy named Dre. Turned out to be Dr. Dre later. But that's where we, our bond clicked. And we was in the wrecking crew making music. You know, it was techno music, we made slow songs, but that was the style in that day, you know? And then we eventually left that group and then we all put together, formed NWA, you know, Ren, Cube, Easy, Dre, me, you know, Arabian Prince was there for a minute. So we did that, you know, millions of records or whatever, you know, we produced, you know, all easy stuff, NWA, you know, Bunch of stuff was on the Ruthless label back then. So, you know, we ended up going to the Hall of Fame, did a movie, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's safe to say that you've lived like lifetimes within a lifetime with some of the experiences, stuff that you've had, and, um, you know, the opportunities that you've been around and stuff. So, I mean, what did that mean to you coming up as like a kid from Compton? Um, it was just different. You know, we, one thing about that, when we did music, we just, at the time, that's what we loved. So we just did it. It wasn't, oh, are we gonna make a bunch of money? Can we get gold records? We knew nothing about gold records, platinum, double platinum, Hall of Fame. We didn't know nothing about it. We just did what we loved at the time. And that's what we did. We made the music the way we wanted to, not to make it for the radio or anything like that. We just did our thing. And no, definitely, you know, I mean, we spoke to Lonzo not too long ago, you know, one of the the godfathers of West Coast hip hop and stuff. And, um, you know, just speaking about the, the Wrecking Crew and, you know, some of the work that you guys did at that point, you know, it was really early on, as you said, you know, doing techno and different sounds and stuff like that. Um, you know, some of the sounds were really still hot, Temptation and stuff like that as well. You know, um, he mentioned that you could be interested in potentially doing some tour stuff back together as well. Um, you know, bringing the crew on the road again. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm already, I already DJ around the world already. It stopped ever since the pandemic. You know, the past two years or whatever it is. I just did a show last week with me and uh, Easy Son, Little E, in Fresno. So. That was cool, you know, but 
I mean, we may do some, maybe book signings or something. I don't know. Actually, me performing, record crew? Nah, I ain't going to perform that. <laughs> nah, but we, we it's something. You never know what might happen in the future. Anything is possible. Yeah, I mean, he did mention that you guys all have books out. At the minute he got a book out, you got a book out. And um, I believe he said clientele. Clientele, yeah. As well. So yeah. um, and we know with the Tory, we've seen ourselves you in the UK tearing it down with um, little easy and stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he was saying it would be dope having some kind of you know world class record crew slash NWA legacy sort of <laughs> toy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. I like to sit back and see that one. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, touring is cool. That's on. The, that's 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 what I do. I mean, that's. That's what me and Dre did back then. We used to like the road a lot. But then the studio came and we stayed. We was in the studio all the time because it was hits after hits after hits. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a break, Harley. We just, the four year, like four good years of Ruthless, there was hit after hits, you know, millions of records sold. And think about this. It goes back to me and Dre as an egg. Back in 83, maybe, 84. And look, all came since then. A lot that came from the Snoops, the Eminems, the 50s. I mean, so many. Warren G. I mean, so many. The Easies, the Cubes, you know. Yep. You almost can't name them all. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, to mention even Lonzo again, he did say that there's probably been only three rappers that came from, you know, doing different backgrounds within music and then taking it to a different level. And that was you, Dre and Tupac, you know, having mm-hmm. kind of early beginnings of digital underground and world class record crew. And then going on to take it to higher heights like you guys. I mean, but the difference between us and Tupac, we was producers. He was just a rapper. So he just rapped with this and then rapped with that. Yeah, which is different, but we changed, we did music and then we totally changed to this kind of music so yeah. i mean it both it's yeah you, you know, know potato potato yeah. oh yeah <laughs> do, do you do you feel you know did, did you ever feel to um get on any of the rapping and stuff like that you know is there any unreleased stuff would you rapping on you know laying any verses oh that. no 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 i'm not a rapper I'm not, never was never nah that ain't my style never has it just i don't like to hear myself already talk you know on on, on audio or something so i'm like Nah, rapping just ain't me. Uh, some people need to be told they can't rap, but I can't rap, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, even could we have with, like, everybody says easy. He didn't actually set out to be a rapper. It was something that, you know, we kind of stumbled upon in a sense where, you know, I mean, he still had a cadence, a natural cadence and a talent for it, I'd say. But, you know, um, sometimes. Well, he, well, he was he wasn't he wasn't a natural rapper. Tupac. That's a natural rapper. He can just bust on you. E? Nah. He had to be, you know, the words had to be right. We had to do the takes over and over and over just to get the sound right. You know, so he wasn't just a, a born, like a natural born rapper. He was just, he had the sound, he had the look. And that's all it took. And then the lyrics was the lyrics he was saying. So that's what did it. But now nah, he could never battle somebody in the garage or something like nah nah never 
I mean, he did have that little, don't ask the battle me, homeboy, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he definitely left a huge imprint on the culture and stuff with his lyrics. I mean, I enjoyed even the stuff he did afterwards when uh, Cuban stuff left and I think mm-hmm. could have been Naughty by Nature, I think wrote some of them. Like, yeah, a, few uh, a couple of, and, yeah. on the later ones, after Dre left too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I mean, you, you actually stayed around to the end like you know so you see the whole span pretty much yeah i mean i was there until the dirt got poured on the grave so you know i mean it, i mean i don't ever brag about that or anything like that that just i was just there that just happened to be there so that's all i mean unfortunate you know but i just happened to be there yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely commendable because uh, when we think of something with such a huge legacy and stuff, and that's one thing that we're glad that you've still been able to maintain your your position within it and stuff with the book and be able to tell your story and stuff as well and people get a wider understanding of the work that you do and have continued to do because, you know, you haven't stopped. You've continued um, DJing and stuff as well. I've seen you tearing down, like, live shows. You've been all around the world and stuff, and even recently reintroducing like Lil E to like live shows and stuff like that which yeah. I think was great how good of, how good did that feel for you as well you know to um you know bring out Easy Sun as well it, it, it was weird the first time because we was going to Paris and he was sleep on the plane I was just looking at him I'm like he look just like your daddy and he sounds like he he just his mannerism is like his daddy I'm just like he's a little bit bigger than his daddy but he man that he's like he spit him out it's, it's, i mean it just even the stage performance he missed words just like his daddy <laughs> i mean exactly boys in the hood how could you miss the words on boys in the hood it's not that many how could you miss the word? but he he's just like his daddy he just like him no yeah no definitely man um like father like son and um we're definitely proud to see you representing and the work that you guys have been doing uh when we think of the, the legacy sometimes with nwa and the hip-hop music and stuff do we feel as though um it spawned i know you mentioned earlier so many different other variations of talent and artists from the yngs to the snoop so many different eras and stuff but sometimes people say that um you know, it spawned a lot of gangsterism within the street culture as well at the same time. I know it's probably something you've heard a lot of times. Um, how do you feel on that? Um, I mean, we just like the lyrics. The lyrics was just the words. We open our front door, that's what we see. That's what we talked about. Our style was what people in the ghetto wore, wore back then. I mean, I don't, we didn't create a style for the, it just was us. That was just naturally us looking from the ghetto. You know, just because it was Compton, it's ghettos all over the world. So, you know, ghettos are ghettos to me. But it's just amazing how the culture is still going. You know, you know that gangster rap or it was street music, at, you know, in the beginning. We were like underground reporters. But, yeah, the, the, that music is still going on. It's just we, we started something and we didn't even try to start. Yeah, I think, you know, when we take some of the album, even titles and the concepts and um, I guess what was being expressed, I think like even the, I, I guess we got to say Zagging, Zagging for Life album, um, uh-huh. I, I think it really expressed a lot of social commentary on higher levels than it was given credit for. If that You know, I think um, some of the stuff that Ren and even Easy and you guys were speaking about and uh, uh-huh. was um, really given a, as you said, like a journalistic depiction 
yeah. pointing things out. But I think a lot of the times people just associated with the harshness of uh, the street reality in the music. Yeah, I mean, it just on that album we grew up in production. The production was hundred percent different from the original one. Yeah, yeah. Even though the original was still the best, but not the best quality. The second one was by far the best. The words was harder. The music was harder. Yeah. It's just, I mean, we, yeah, I forget. I haven't really listened to it. I forgot. We rapped about some stuff on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> oh, man. That was a pretty deep album. Yeah, yeah that was pretty deep. Wow. It was, man. And, and you know, when, when you mentioned the production, I think it's a great note because often I think, as, um, even with, you know, Easy God Bless the Dead, I feel as though just at that time of production in hip hop, you guys were helping even form that um, G Funk sound as well prior to it being credited to what it was. And I think, you know, a few years on just where the sound would have been and what it could have been, I think it would have been a lot more even huge when we think of even just um, Bone Thugs and a lot of the different artists that was around and stuff at the time and just um, some of the other production that was getting mixed in. It was it was constantly evolving. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just a grown-up sound that stayed around for a long time, you know, for quite a while. I mean, Dre took it over to when he left. You know, it just... The Bone Thug, that was totally different. You know, that was a totally different. They, they remind me of us. Not rapping like us, but just being different from the crowd. We was different from all the New York groups and stuff. They came out different from everybody, even the West Coast. So that's how they still can be around right now. They were just, they were just like us, different. And it's the sound. And it's the sound. I mean... It's amazing that we talking about this stuff 30 years later. Man. You know, it's, it's just like, wow. So that that lets you know we was way ahead of our time. Okay. Even though we hit at that time. Most people that do that don't hit at that time. They kind of hit later. But we hit at that time, 30 years, and then we hit again. It's just like, how many groups have done that? I don't know. Any, maybe a couple of big rock and rollers, maybe. That's a maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, 100%. And um, I think sometimes some of those things are overlooked. Even when you say being ahead of time, I feel as though Ruthless as a label, even itself, was very ahead of its time when we think of the talent pool that was there and um, what some of those artists even went on to do afterwards. And a lot of people didn't realize they had earlier beginnings, maybe with Ruthless Records and stuff as well. Um, even like your cocaines and, and some of these other yeah. artists and stuff as well. Um, I think even, you know, the Black Eyed Peas said at one point they, they was trying to get signed with Ruthless and stuff as well. Yeah, I remember being in the studio. I remember them. I, I remember them recording at our studio. I, I, but they was called Will One, I Am or Will One X or something. I remember them. I'm like, I know this guy. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it's crazy, man. And as you said, 30 years later, in some cases, um, you know, the history stands for itself and uh, yeah. just a testament to what was done. Uh, you know, I'd ask yourself then, uh, who, who was one of your favorite artists then at Ruthless that you say probably? At Ruthless or? Well, I mean, you know, us, you know, <laughs> the DOC. <laughs> DLC okay, was, yeah, was, was something yeah. else. He was finna be the next whatever he was gonna be. He was 
about to be that. He was about to take over the solo artist. Definitely, because he was so far ahead of himself. But even after his accident, his pen still kept going. You know, he kept writing. And Easy style also changed when he came around writing. You could tell from the earlier stuff. Then you get the We Want Easy. You could hear the style different. But that was Doc writing. So it was a totally different style. And, and E liked the way he he did the lyrics. So yeah. it started it's just start changing and changing. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I say the DLC was the group. Was definitely not group solo artist, but that was definitely him. Yeah, no, the funky one, man. He definitely had um a flavor that, you know, definitely stood out and stuff as well. And um, Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. Know. You know, so um, you got a new book that you've got out now at the minute. Um, can you? Okay, yeah. story out of Compton, my untold stories. Yeah, it, you know, you know, it's so crazy. I didn't, I never opened a novel or read a novel before in my life. Never. School did my twelve years. That was it. But a, it just, it just came on me, and I wrote it for. It took a year and a half during the whole pandemic. I wrote okay. the book. Not to write the book because my parts were small in the movie. No, it wasn't like that. It just telling my story. And my story, it said it just everything before the wrecking crew, during the wrecking crew, NWA to break up this, that, you know, easy's death. It just all the way to 2020. And I just wow. said it, I just wrote it as it was, not trying to make myself look like somebody or somebody created or nah, uh-uh. Because people don't really know, really, really don't know that. I was DJing before, two years before Dre even came into the picture. I was already a, a hot DJ in the nightclub. So it, just, it got all that in the book, just ups, downs, downs, ups, up, you know, every all kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it's a, and people really enjoy the book. They call it a good read. I don't know what that means because I've never read a book. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I mean, it's a good story. And as you said, um, a good read following on from a good story, which is your own story, which um, yeah. nobody else can't tell but you. And I think yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy sometimes when we think, you know, obviously the unfortunate circumstances we've seen over yeah. the past few years with the pandemic, but it's yeah. also allowed opportunities where, as you said, it afforded you the time maybe where you was able to... Um, yeah, you know, write the book and, and and express yourself and get your um, perspective out. You know, a lot of us have seen the movie. We've seen um, different interviews and documentaries yeah. and stuff. But this is something that you're able to expound more on from your own view and stuff like that as well. And the yeah. readers will definitely appreciate it and the fans and stuff like that too, you know, just tying in with the whole NWA legacy. Oh, yeah, because it, it, it's, it's got the whole story. I mean, it... it it, it just, because I don't say in the book, me, me, I, I, no. I always say we. We did this, this, that, you know, it just, I just kind of wrote it like a reporter as I seen it, as it happened. I didn't add nothing. I just, this is what happened. This is the way, how the breakup was. This is what when Cube left. This is when Dre left. This is when he died. You know, just, it is, it just, it is what it is. Have you had any, um, you know, feedback to any of like the stories or the accounts and stuff that you put out? You know? Oh yeah, I mean everybody, 
everybody like it. It's amazing. You know, it's got five stars on Amazon. You know, I'm like, really? You know, but I just told it. I just went chronological order, you know, just from five years old up to 2020. Kept it in the, in the timeline and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pictures, all that. Okay. And, you know, they can order that Amazon. Um, yeah, Amazon.com. Or if you want the signed copy, really signed by me, you go to djyellowupnwa.com. And, and I just sent all over the world to Bahrain, UK, Sweden, Israel. I mean, all over Malaysia, all over Australia. So, and, don't and, don't, and they get it pretty fast, too. I ship kind of I ship a fast way, priority way. So, you know, I, I, I autograph each book and number each book. Oh wow! And I, I know you must have done loads so far and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, you know, one <laughs> thing I admire about you guys has always been your dedication to the craft and to the fans and stuff as well. And um, mm -hmm. you know, giving fans different opportunities where they can you know get something like that, signed copy and stuff as well, yeah. which is something that can be treasured. And kept as a collectible you know for oh yeah stuff like that as well oh yeah i mean we because without the fans we wouldn't be here <laughs> i wouldn't you would none of this would be happening so it's always been like that well to us that's how we was we never felt like stars or nothing. we we felt more like stars me and dre in the wrecking crew days when we was djing every night that was felt like a star but we just stay humble, you know, just like, you know, the fans, you know, it's always the fans, always has been. Yeah, no, definitely. And you mentioned, you know, fans around the world, you've been many places and stuff around the world. Where's some of your favorite places that you've been? Oof, I mean, Vietnam, Korea, all over Australia, five or six different times, all over the UK. I mean, there's so many places in UK, I mean, from Manchester to... Oh my God, there's so many places in the UK, Europe, Amsterdam, I mean, China, Japan, I mean, Bali, I never even heard of a Bali, Sri Lanka, it's, it's so many places. I mean, you, you just like close your eye, spin the map and pick, I've been there. <laughs> Most of the time it, I've been there. Is that anywhere you haven't been? <laughs> it's just is, a few, I haven't, been been to, I haven't been to Africa yet. Okay. And just a few places. I haven't been to Russia. Okay. Just a few places I haven't been. I'm surprised they never did any um, NWA stuff out in Africa and stuff as well, because I know they, they want. They've been trying to get me over there. It just haven't. It haven't, especially with the pandemic and all. It just haven't happened. I mean, all over Canada. I mean, from coast to coast. I mean, all over the UK. I mean, all the times. <laughs> Ireland. Birmingham, I've been to Birmingham, both sides of Ireland. I didn't even know it was two sides to Ireland. And Northern, <laughs> Northern Ireland. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Where the Titanic was, even over there. Uh, you say the Rock Island there, they say, nope. They say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And you know, you recently, as you said, you mentioned the show you did in Fresno with um, Lil Easy and stuff. We saw some of the footage and stuff for that online. That looked like a great show and stuff as well. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was cool with E40 and stuff. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the first show in two years. It yeah, was I was like, going to wow. say, it must be good getting back on, you know, getting back on the road and sort of getting back in the swing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it was cool. It was just, okay. 
Let me get back in the show shape, as they say, <laughs> moving around. But it was fun. I, performing is, it's just, that's just something. Performing is fun. I mean, being on the stage is just something different. It's, it, it's amazing. It always has been. It's, every time on the stage felt like the first time on the stage. Nice. So the excitement is still there for it. You still got um, Playboy T with you? Yeah, yeah. He he didn't come to Fresno because he was out with Cube. Okay. Cube was doing a couple of shows too. So, oh yeah, yeah. We we and I got shows lined up for the UK <laughs> in okay. Europe. So it's just trying to time it. I think it's gonna be in twenty two because all this going around. You know, got to get vaccinated. Got to do all. You know, all this. It's just so much going on. Boy, the world is in turmoil <laughs> oh yeah yeah definitely we won't get into too much of all the politics of the crazy world yeah. right now but it will be good to definitely see you guys back out in the uk and stuff as well and um we'll be keeping people uh informed and updated one of the things in hip-hop we've seen recently was the verses which has been a huge thing um i don't know if you had a chance to check it out and if there was an nwa versus who do you think you could go up against me, I don't rap, so I know I can't. Well, you, I, know, I, you know, the crew, they got to play the song, so you still part of the crew? You ain't going to get Yeah, I mean, Ren. Ren was the strongest voice. Yeah, yeah. Ren was the strongest voice in the group. Definitely Ren. Then it was, well, he was the look and the sound. Ren was the strongest, and then Cube had the style. So it's just. I mean, versus you could go up against another group. So this could be like, you know, NWA versus. It had to be um, NWA and Public Enemy or something. It could only be PE, <laughs> only be PE or something. Yeah, it had to be against PE. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be big, but hopefully uh, we could get something like that happening stuff for the culture, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, before we wind down, we usually ask, um, you know, any messages for like young people out there for the next generation that, you know, you would impart whether it's them trying to get into the industry and stuff, or even just life advice? Um, it just, I would say, you know, if, especially in the entertainment, you do what you do, what you do, do what you like to do. Don't try to impress just to make it like us. We did what we wanted to do. We made the music and the lyrics this way. If people like it, great. If they don't like it, still great. That's what we like. So, New people just got to watch out. You know, paperwork. You need lawyers. You know, it's all kind of levels of getting paid for songs and stuff like that. So, it, you know, we learn from our mistakes. This, no paperwork. This, no paper. You know, all this, no lawyers. You know, so you got to really watch it. You know, these days, everything is so sophisticated, and, you know, and social media, you know. But now people don't have to work so hard like we did we had to work from scratch we had to just say we baking cookies we had to create the dough nowadays they can just amazon get your cookie make and then boom you got a you know a star is born on tiktok or youtube or something but we had to do it the hard way so you just got to do what you like do what you feel that's what the best advice i can give them is do what you feel do it the way you want to do it not oh they doing it over there let me copy we we weren't the copycat. So, you know, now there's a bunch of copycats. You know, everybody sound the same. So just try to be original. That's it. Just be original. Yeah, most definitely in that sound advice. I know you say you wasn't um rapping on a lot of the songs, but um what when you 
you know, your all-time favorite songs from the camp that you would hold up there? For our songs? Yeah, yeah. Or just our song? I like Compton in the House. I don't know why. It's one of the older songs. But I just like Compton in the House. I don't know. Know why. I like Easy's uh Still Talking. I always like that song. I even like performing it with his son, with Lil E. We did that in Fresno. That's fun. That was like a couple of my favorites. Because they're the old earlier ones we did. They're just my favorites. Okay. Definitely dope selections. Um, so you know, you've got the book out straight out of Compton, the untold story. Um, you know, they can definitely get that on Amazon and they can get it from your website and stuff as well, which we'll provide a link for. Um, is there anything else you want to plug on like your social media and stuff where they can find you and stuff? Uh, I mean, DJ, DJ yellow of NWA, that's Instagram and Facebook. So I'm, and I always, I'm the one that's working them, not nobody else. I answer people. I like pictures and all kind of stuff. People say, I see people there. Do, do he say anything? I say, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I go, I don't be on it every day, but every few days I go check it and I go through all the stuff and answer the dms and everything so okay most definitely man so on um, we definitely appreciate your time and stuff yellow and um we definitely salute you for your accomplishments and stuff within hip-hop and the culture and your contributions and what you continue to do keep us updated with um the tour dates and stuff like that and as well um you know with the book and of it new releases oh, yeah. all right th thank you truly thank you you guys are in what part of UK? Uh, London. Yeah. Been there many times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Bridge, I mean, all over. All over. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the last tour I saw was when you guys came and um, you did like Gloucester, um, a few. It was a few, a few days. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big tour. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the, yeah. There was a whole lot of fans and stuff out. Everybody, you know, yeah. all the shows were packed. Everybody was happy to see you guys yeah. and stuff. So yeah. um, I like, I like going to the UK. I, We've been there so many times. Wow. <laughs> so uh, after the pandemic, well, you know, let's hope that we can get things back up again. Yeah. And, um, and everybody stay safe out there in the meantime. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Much love, my brother. All right. So uh, we're going to wind this one down this week, family. So peace. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and um, join us next time. Peace. <laughs> Peace family, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and check us out on BoutTheOnline.com. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook for exclusive playlists and social media for all different types of segments and content.